0: We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Today is a continuation of a nine-part series on Messiah. So first, uh, we talked about its purpose, then we looked at what we believe about Yeshua, and the last three weeks, we talked about how to become more like him, and today our topic is called Joining Messiah's Remnant. So stay tuned as we pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you, and we bless you, and we praise you, Lord, that you are on the throne. And we're asking, O Lord, as we look at your Word today, that you would give us your wisdom, your discernment, and your calling, O Lord, that we would know our purpose and that we would understand the purpose of others and that we would be in unity even if we have different callings. So, Lord, uh, let the body of believers be in unity that we can glorify you. So, Lord, we pray that this would be an anointed time, and we thank you and praise you for it, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, I pray that this radio program ministers to you, and as I mention each week, if you can help with us financially, that would be a blessing, uh, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and um, also your prayers would be great as well. We'd love to have your prayer uh, involvement. So call Karen at 813-831-5673 and let her know. And also, uh, we'd love to have you visit. We are open again. And uh, so it's uh, a Tampa location, St. Pete, Wesley Chapel. We have a Spanish location in South Tampa. So please check out our website uh, for each location and time. So let's begin. You know, I believe that Messianic Judaism is Messiah's remnant. And look, he came for Jewish people, and now those Jews who have received Yeshua and those Gentiles who have been grafted in are Messiah's remnant. Now, for this reason, I believe it's important that we look at Messianic Judaism today, its role, its history, its relationship to the Church, and its future, because I believe this is... Messiah's heart. You know, oh, let me just mention a couple things. Well, let's, let's start with the definition of Messianic Judaism, and we'll go from there. Uh, Messianic Judaism, I believe, is a prophetic end-time congregational movement of God, and it's made up of those born Jewish and those not born Jewish, who together, in unity, embrace Yeshua as their Messiah. Both groups fully participate in the life and the destiny of their Messianic Jewish congregation and community by maintaining a biblical and cultural Messianic Jewish identity because of their mutual calling from God. Okay, that's a mouthful, isn't it? And you say, well, how's that different from church? Well we won't go into that right now. But let me just mention a couple things about labeling and, you know, here we're 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 labeling something. But you know the difficulty of labeling any group or, or discussing its values is the following. The more specific you are about your beliefs and rules so to speak, your culture and everything, the more you will exclude others. Now, the opposite is true, too. The less specific you're about your beliefs and rules and culture and everything, the less you have an organization that stands for anything. <laughs> so either way, you get into trouble when you start talking about these things. So as you listen today, I'd appreciate it if you apply, uh, apply some grace as you listen to my heart and understand, this is not a, uh, something to divide, but this is something that is more descriptive so that you have better understanding. Okay, good. Hopefully we got that together. Messianic Jewish values, in the broadest sense, has a number of parts to its vision. The first one is to share God's Word to the Jew first. And we get this from Romans 1.16. You know this scripture, For I'm not ashamed of the good news, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who trusts, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I believe this is where Paul, Rabbi Paul, shares his heart for Messianic Judaism, and we want all people to come to know the Lord, but our heart is going to the Jew first. Okay? clear, hopefully. Second thing we would like to do is is share messianic Judaism with the church. Our desire is to help the church return to the Jewish foundation of their faith. And we also want to help the church restore their job of making the Jew jealous of their relationship with Yeshua. And we see this this comes from Romans eleven eleven. And it says, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their false steps, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy, okay? So we see, this again, this is Paul's heart, and I believe this is Messiah's heart. This is what God would like to see in these days. Three, We in Messianic Judaism, I believe we need to develop a Messianic Jewish culture. What what I'm talking about there is that we develop an identity, so our children will feel secure in who they are, actually, that our adults will feel secure in who they are. I always say that Messianic Judaism, everybody is unhappy with you. If you're Jewish, uh, your family is unhappy because you believe in Yeshua. If you're not Jewish people are unhappy with you because they say, are you becoming Jewish? So, it, you know, you can't win in, in Messianic Judaism, right? Uh, the, the challenge here, and it's, it's the great American challenge, is to separate yourself to God and, and to the culture of what he's showing you, and still be a part of the American dream. So we don't want to just assimilate and be absorbed by the American culture. While being part, we still have to be separate in our identity. We'll talk a little more about that. Um, And then our fourth... Part of our vision is to be a light and impact the area we are in. So we're in the Tampa Bay area, and so we want to be a light and an impact in, in this area. We are to be disciples of the Lord, providing spiritual and moral guidance to our communities. We need to be people of action so that we can lead in serving the underserved. Okay? So, let's look at some characteristics of Messianic Judaism. The first one I I want to talk to you about is that Messianic Judaism is prophetic in its inception. In other words, i believe that messianic judaism is god-breathed that we will find it in scripture that that this has to come about okay so the first scripture i want you to look at is jeremiah thirty-one thirty, and this scripture describes the fact that god promised his jewish people that they would partake in a new covenant And so we are those people, and that's why this verse is prophesying about us. So it says, Behold, days are coming, it is a declaration of Adonai, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So does that make sense, hopefully? And in Romans 11.25 it says, For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery. Lest you be wise in your own eyes that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So we see here, prophetically, that God says that there will be a, a hardening of the people of Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And the question is, well, when is that going to happen? Well, we see in Luke twenty-one, twenty-four, it says they, meaning the Jewish people, will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So we see when the Gentiles are no longer in control of Jerusalem, then that will be the time where the Gentiles are fulfilled, so to speak. And that means that God will start lifting the blinders off Jewish people for almost 2,000 years there were blinders on the majority of the Jewish people concerning Yeshua. However, God in His Word said, as I said, that when Jerusalem was controlled by the Jewish people, that hardening would lift. And in 1967, Jerusalem came under the control of the Jewish people. And so the blinders started to lift, and thus Started Messianic Judaism, the Messianic movement. In fact, it started just around 1970-ish, uh, roughly three years after Jerusalem came under the control of the Jewish people. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So a second thought here is not only that Messianic Judaism is prophetic, but our purpose is prophetic. So uh, let me see if I can explain this. Our desire to see Jewish people come to know Yeshua as their personal Messiah and understand that He's deity and part of the triunity of God is seen as an example in Romans eleven, twenty-five and twenty-six. It says, "For I do not want you, brothers and sisters." to be ignorant of this mystery. Now, this is talking to the Gentiles, the Gentile believers. Lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and this way all Israel will be saved. Well, there you go. We see that God's prophesying through the, His Word that that all Israel will be saved, and so this is is kind of an end goal, so to speak. And and we need to be part of our, our Father's business, obviously. So I I, I mention also from a purpose point of view that we want to see the church return to its Jewish roots. And so when we look at Ephesians 2, which is often talked about uh, in in different ways, I'm going to read it and I will give you my understanding of it. So uh, Ephesians 2:11 through 13 says, therefore keep in mind that once, You, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision by those called circumcision. At that time, you were separate from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Messiah, you, who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. So let's see what what is it saying? You've been brought near by your belief in Yeshua. If if you're not Jewish, right? And well, even if you are Jewish, but in this case, that's what the Scripture is talking about to to those who are not Jewish. And you will no longer, if we can turn this the Scripture around we would say not only are you no longer excluded from knowing God or no longer excluded from the covenants of promise and no longer excluded from having no hope, but you're no longer excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. Does that make sense? So what we're saying here is that if you're no longer excluded, then you're part of that Spiritual understanding of who Israel is doesn't make you Jewish, but it does certainly make you part of the Commonwealth of Israel. Now, when I, by the way, some people would object when I use the word Gentiles, and actually, sometimes I object to it um, because normally it refers to the nations or those who are unbelievers. But I'm using the word nation. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Gentiles. In, in its more modern definition, which is meaning not Jewish, okay? So just, just so we're all on the same page here. So for, then to continue on in that scripture, which is Ephesians 2, verse 14, He is our Shalom, the one who made the two into one and broke down the middle wall of separation. Within his flesh he made powerless the hostility the law code of mitzvot contained in regulations. He did this in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups making shalom and to reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. And he came and proclaimed shalom to you who were far away, and shalom to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the same Ruach. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with God's people, and members of God's household. Now, look, if you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you're now fellow citizens with God's people, who is that referring to God's people? It's referring to the Jewish people. So Gentiles are fellow citizens with the Jewish people. And I believe that God will be bringing the church one day into the Messianic Jewish understanding, because I believe that's what's prophesied, that's what God's will is. Now, we're still talking about the biblical purposes of Messianic Judaism, and another purpose is to bring together Jewish and Gentile believers in order that the world will know that Yeshua is the Messiah. Now, all of you probably know at this point John 17, verses 20 to 24. I'll just go to verse 24 for now. Father, I also want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they may see my glory. And, oh, I'm sorry, I wanted to give you verse 22. Uh, the glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one and I believe this passage is talking about um, Jews and Gentiles that we would be one in Messiah so um, that's another purpose another purpose is to build congregational communities be a credible witness to the world obviously we share that purpose with with the church and um we can see, for instance, in Acts twenty twenty eight, it says, "...take care of yourselves and all the flock of which the Ruach HaKodesh has made you overseers, to shepherd the community of God, which he obtained with the blood of his own." So God, in the sense, is saying to us that we uh, are to shepherd our flocks, that there are to be flocks, and, and really these are congregations. So... Another purpose is that we are to be alike to the nation and to all the nations and in, in isaiah forty nine six it says so he says it is tri is it is it it is i'm sorry it is too trifling a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and the restored um, restore the preserved ones of Israel. So I will give you as a light to the nations that you should be my salvation to the end of the earth. And I believe that God is asking uh, us to join with God's servant, Yeshua, and, and who he's raising up the tribes uh, to, to be a light to the nation along with him. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, a third thought uh, concerning Messianic Judaism was the developing our cultural identity through the Word of God. Now, let me just say, I, I believe the cultural identity is really important, and the way you establish an identity is to have distinctives. In other words, if there were no distinctives, you couldn't recognize one from another, correct? So distinctives are not something that separates people. Distinctives are things that we can have that are different from one another. And and that just sort of establishes who we are. So as an example, we keep uh, the feasts in Leviticus 23, in Messianic Judaism, um, there really is a rhythm, a biblical rhythm to our lives based on the biblical calendar. So besides having a daily walk with the Lord, we have the weekly Shabbat, which is Friday evening to Saturday evening, focused on the Lord. We have Rosh Chodesh, which is the head of the month. Uh, which is a monthly um, uh, worship of God, a, a biblical holiday mentioned oftentimes when talking about the Sabbath as well. We have the spring, Moedim, which is the appointed time, sometimes called the Feast of the Lord, Passover, Firstfruits, Counting the Omer and Shavuot. And these have all been fulfilled in Messiah. And then we have the Fall Feast, which we're coming up to in a little while, right? Um, these are appointed times, but they're yet to be fulfilled. Um, and this is Yom Teruah, which is the blowing of the shofar, the Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And, uh, and then besides that, we do a uh, Hebraic weekly reading of the Torah and Haftorah called the Parsha, So these are things that we do that are distinctives for us, which makes up uh, Messianic Judaism. Now, there's more to that in the sense that it's how we look at Scripture, how we... um, really uh, understand what Scripture is saying. We we look at it through Jewish eyes, which again, is more of a distinctive, well, you know, I can't believe that I've run out of time. We're going to have to complete this next week. But I would just ask that if... Um If you would like to just join us in in any way, have any information, why don't you call Karen, 813-831-5673. She'll be happy to answer any of your questions. In the meantime, let me pray for you as we close. Lord, I just thank you and praise you and worship you, for this is the day that you have made. We are glad. We are rejoicing in it. And I pray that, Lord, that you would be, everybody who's listening to me, their first priority, and that they would grow in their desire to have a heart like yours, a heart of Messiah. Bring us together into unity. Allow our differences to be different, but uh, let us understand that we all have the purpose of loving you, worshiping you, and sharing who you are to a dark and dying generation. So we bless you, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.